Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Invisible Not Broken. I just finished one of the most amazing interviews ever, and I just can't thank Neve enough for taking the time to talk with me. Um, this is unusual. I usually don't interview people who are younger than 18, but um, just for reasons, I maybe we'll review that policy. But um, she is one of the most amazing people I've met on Instagram, and she is a teenager, and she has so many fantastic ideas, and she's also dealing with some major health issues and is blind and is working through her school. And she has, um, I'm going to get this so bad with my pronunciation, so my apologies, Neve, but neuromyelitis optica. Um, she also deals with depression, adrenal insufficiency, um, ME, which was known as uh, chronic fatigue before, and chronic pain. So we went over so much about what it's like to be a teenager who is mostly bedbound and um, has a very active brain. So we went through some of our favorite podcasts because that is one of her favorite things is listening to podcasts, one of mine as well. Um, the importance of technology when you are sick. Um, we had a long talk about how important technology can be, especially social media. Um, I know that a lot of people get down on that time being on social media, but for some of us, it's kind of the only social interaction we get. Um, she told me about some of her favorite apps, uh, got me into Audible, which is <laughs> going to be very fun for me since I've been popping my wrists out. Um, so Audible is a, a new one for me. That'll be really, really helpful and interesting. Um, we talked about like just the basic world of having a female body and being sick from like the need for adaptive um, menstrual things like uh, tampons or pads or diva cups that um, can actually be used with people who are chronically ill and have chronic pain. Um, I'm going to give a trigger warning here. Uh, we did go through depression and suicidal thoughts. So she talked a lot about the things that really help keep her going and what it's like to have these thoughts and how she copes. Um, if that's a trigger for you, just letting you know that was that was a big part of what we were talking about. And I think it's definitely worth listening to, even if it's hard to listen to, but uh, chronic illness is a hard thing to deal with and it can be scary and dark. Of course, we talk politics. I mean, it's me. <laughs> it was not going to not happen. Um, we discussed uh, the NHS uh, versus the United States healthcare system, and I will put that in quotations. Um, and please go over to our show notes. Um, Neve has a lot of things that she is involved in, including um, running a very popular Instagram, uh, Young People with Chronic Illness. Um, just go over. I will have all the links to all the things she's involved in. Please support her. She is fantastic. Um, thank you so much. This is a super shareable episode. If you know of anyone whose child was diagnosed with a chronic illness, please send it over. She was really open in talking about the things that parents of chronic illness teenagers can do to make their lives easier or better. Um, just a, a great insight on that. So please send this over to anyone who is a parent of a teenager or please send it over to the teenagers as well. Um, this is a really good episode to share. Thank you so much. Please enjoy, please share, please subscribe, and please say really nice things about us on iTunes. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Invisible Not Broken. I have a very, very special guest from very far away from me. 
named Neve, and I can't wait for her to tell you what she's going through and dealing with. And you are so young. Yeah. <laughs> I think we had to wait to do the interview. Are you 18 now? I am 16, and I'm 17 in September. Oh, that, I forgot you are the same exact age as my son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. Um, so please tell us what you're dealing with and what's going on. So I am a teenager who is chronically ill and I've got an autoimmune disease um, called neuromyelitis optica. That is a lot of syllables. So. I just say animal. <laughs> and what, what is, I've never heard of it before. What, what so is the symptoms? It's kind of like MS, but it works differently, which is the easiest way to explain it. But like when you look at the science, it's not MS. It's more specified. So does it, so so does it, it causes blindness and paralysis, which cause like damage that stays but during an attack the medicine will mean the damage goes less then okay so where I am now is nowhere I would be if I was in an attack but the damage an attack causes is permanent so when you have an attack what happens during the attack can end up being permanent so, so, I am registered blind. I can see you, but, like, I can't see. I, I want to apologize then, because I did oh, not no. do anything except for a lot of bed. <laughs> I like seeing. I can see enough. I can see my room. I just can't see in detail. So That's why I'm holding it so close. <laughs> it's nice to see you, though. So you see it in, uh, in, like, broad strokes. Like, details are hard, but the broad strokes more of a Monet painting yeah, than basically, detail? Basically, yeah. That is fascinating. I'm trying to figure out what that so like, would translate for. I've got wrinkles or pimples, I can't tell. Okay, I love you. <laughs> Please go ahead look at me as much as you want, then. <laughs> <laughs> so what is that like for you? Is it is it easier? Is it more beautiful world when so, you don't have to see all the detail? Mm, no. Or is it frustrating? It's fine. Like, it's the least of my problems these days. <laughs> that is what I love about all of us chronic illness people is we're constantly going, yeah, I know that's <laughs> a lot to deal with, but that is the least of what I'm dealing with right now. I mean, yeah. we, we do a lot of that where it's like stuff that would break other people. We're like, no, 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 that's just one of the symptoms. We got more. <laughs> yeah, like, I think each thing is a building block. Like, it builds up your strength and then, like, you can deal with, like, you know, a wall. <laughs> <laughs> and those walls are thick. <laughs> yeah. Um. So... It's, it is the least of my issues. I've been blind since I was four. Okay. I just woke up one morning and I was blind. Do you remember what that was like? No, because I was too little. I remember bits and I've got really bad memory anyway. Um, which comes in useful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hear you. Um, <laughs> like I'm glad I can't remember the half of the stuff that's gone on. Um, so I don't remember it, but it was really stressful. And this condition is rare. It's one in 100,000, 
Wait, is that a million? No. <laughs> I don't do maths. That's um, fair, so it's incredibly rare. Yeah. Um, and only in the last couple of years they have noticed it. So when someone goes in with neurological symptoms, like MS symptoms or like Parkinson's symptoms, these days they know to test for NMO. Wow. But when I was little, they didn't know. So for a year, I was just like a medical mystery, like baffling all the doctors. And it doesn't usually present in young babies. <laughs> I was little. Yeah, four is a baby. <laughs> That's um, um, hard. It's more common in, well, it's not common, but like the demographic as such is middle-aged women but it can affect men and kids like I know quite a lot of teenagers with it now but that's just because that's my thing and uh, you you got to grow up in the age of the internet yeah which was such like a blessing for us because when oh wait I've gone wait no I'm good (laughs) when I was Oh my god, I'm sorry. Not a problem. Um, technical difficulty. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, on the plus side, we are speaking from across the globe together right now, which is like technological yeah. marvel. <laughs> that is awesome. So whatever <laughs> happens doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so when I was first diagnosed, there was like a... AOL group or something like something old people use. Oh, like, oh, you just wounded me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, just like a Google Plus group or whatever with like 20 people with an ammo. And now there's Facebook groups with like 2,000 people. And it's like, sadly, forever growing. <laughs> Um, but that's because diagnosis has got better. We've got a really good charity, the Guthy Jackson Foundation, which is working really hard. Like, so she has got, Victoria Jackson has got a daughter with an MO, but she's also very rich. <laughs> so she is able to fund a lot of this research. And just yesterday I was reading a article that said they found like a genetic mutation linked to NMO, but it's not like a genetic disease, it's an autoimmune disease. So this but wouldn't be genetic the then? It's not genetic or is it genetic? Mm, they don't know yet, but not really like... You don't get other people in your family with it, usually. Like, it just happens. <laughs> yeah, that, that lightning strike is not fair. Yeah. So what is your life like? You're a teenager, and you are homeschooled. Is that correct? Yeah. I'm bun sack. No, I like the bun, though. That's very cute. <laughs> um, so I am... Um, 
16, and I am bed-bound. Okay. So... can transfer, like, I go to the toilet, I go to my mother's house, but whenever I'm not in the toilet or in the car, I'm in bed. Because I suffer from chronic fatigue and chronic pain that's like really debilitating so I'm just stuck in bed um so I spend my day listening to podcasts (laughs) which thank you (laughs) yeah all day long I love podcasts so much like I tell everyone about them now (laughs) um and online so talking to other young people who are going through the same thing basically which is really helpful and we don't just talk about illness stuff we talk about like you know life <laughs> like um school and music and like the usual teenager things that is amazing I, I'm a little jealous I, I grew up right when the internet started I was one of the AOL people and I was <laughs> very sick from when I was eight years old but there was no yeah. there was no ability to go outside of your own room at the time like there was <laughs> there was no internet when I was eight <laughs> it didn't exist and then like they didn't even have like power wheelchairs like no he is so good for disabled people <coughs> um and it's really, like, advanced how we can live in a normal society without having to be institutionalised. You make such like, a great point. <laughs> like, that's one of my big pet peeves is people going off on technology. And that's such a privileged place to be, to be able to thumb your nose at technology and say how much yeah. better it was in the old days. And I'm like, ah, in the old days, I would I would be the woman in the attic. And <laughs> yeah like hiding away like all by yourself yeah reading books and not even having the energy to read books but now you can listen to books uh, well I mean I, I had the other stainless so I dislocate yeah. my wrist and the big joke oh, last yeah. night was I was reading on the kindle and I dislocated my wrist completely just reading oh. on the kindle <laughs> it wasn't even the big books that I stopped reading because I can't oh hold the God, big books yeah. it was the kindle I was like oh my gosh this is bad I've got an audible <laughs> subscription and it's so good like I used to hate audiobooks I was against them. I was like, I'm reading in print because I can still see, <laughs> which just made my life harder and the teachers' lives harder. No, I, but like that's my thing. It's a trend. It's it's a stubbornness though. There's so much that stubbornness holds us back from getting the help that we need. Because yeah, I was, I'm like over Valen now though. I'm like, you can wash my hair, Dad. It's fine. <laughs> That's amazing that you've gotten to that point. I mean, like, I am so impressed with you being 16. I forget every time that we've talked any time that you are my son's age. And not that he's not mature and amazing. I'm just always so shocked that you're, that yeah, you're teenagers I do get still. Like, I speak to healthy people my age, and I'm like, I can't relate. <laughs> I, I I'm hate like to break the news person. to you. You're going to. I'm like someone who's, like, 30. Now that that's old. <laughs> that's fair when I was 16 I thought 30 sounded old too yep <laughs> but you know what you said is very true for all of us with chronic illness no matter if we're 60 or if we're 10 and that is that people who are healthy don't they live a very different life they have a very different existence they, 
they can be like, oh my god, Twitter, there's always arguments on Twitter, Twitter's a horrible place. But then, like, you were just in the bad part of Twitter, you were not using it because it's valuable to your life, you were just using it because you can. Like, you were wow. using your life because you can. <laughs> that was a very good distinction. Is Yeah, that, that's the way I was trying to phrase it, and you did it much better. That's... That's exactly no, it. You did. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, like Twitter for me is that I do get to argue because I don't get, I'm very political. If anyone's listened to this podcast, they know oh, yeah, how I know. political I, I am. And this is the only way I can be. Yeah. Like you can't go march in the streets, but you can sign petitions and have a go at people who are idiots. <laughs> I do a lot of that, unfortunately. I I find Twitter, like, annoying. I can't deal with it. But, like, I like Instagram best. That's, like, my place. You know, that's that's such an interesting thing. There's different social media I use for different things. Like, Instagram is my place to be happy. (laughs) Like, there's very little on Instagram that depresses me. To be fit. But Twitter, it just enrages me, which I need every once in a while. I need the blood pressure going. <laughs> yeah, with pots and everything. You're like, okay, give me some blood pressure. Exactly. It helps the pots. It gets the blood pressure up. I get blood <laughs> going to my face again. I, I almost have to thank them a little bit for that. <laughs> so your social life is mostly conducted online with Skype, with, with, with um, um, Instagram? With WhatsApp and, like, Instagram messages and Facebook and all that like I find actually talking harder than typing oh wait I've disappeared again you're right there <laughs> I can see you <laughs> okay so um so like my parents work and we work out like here and everything like they share it between them and my grandparents but like even then I'm still mostly alone and I find people really exhausting like I'm an introvert anyway but like also I've got chronic fatigue (laughs) (laughs) people just exhaust me I'm like you can have five minutes then you leave um like for anyone to have my time is valuable so feel appreciate it <laughs> I feel very honored that we've been trying to get this interview for it's been a while and I'm so so happy you yeah. hit me back up again for this thank you thank you for taking the time yeah my summer break started this week so I was like whatever spare energy I've got I'm using it for things I actually want to do like I enjoy doing my homeschooling but it just takes all the energy I've got to do you know two lessons a week <laughs> But that's something. <laughs> it is. And there's, I don't want to say a gift. I don't want to sound patronizing. It's just something that I always felt because I was sick when I was young. And I didn't know how long I, I had to live because we didn't know exactly what I had wrong. Yeah. And it really did teach me to prioritize, which a lot of people my age did not have. They thought they had all the time in the world. So everything could be yeah. put off to later. And to be able to like honor your time is such a lesson that takes people so long to learn. Yeah, and I never used to be like this. I used to be, besides being blind and on and off crutches for, like, um, chronic pain, like, I was normal. Like, I could go out and I could have fun and 
you know, be a normal teenager running around the streets and, like, playing hell. But then, like, everything went downhill a bit, like, because of my treatment and stuff. And now I'm like this. And I never used to be like that. Like, then I was just, like, depressed. And that was it. But now, like, weirdly, I'm better off where I am now than I was then. Because it's taught me so much. And it's weird to say that because this is like a struggle. The struggle is real. (laughs) (laughs) Too real. So how did you Um, handle depression? Like, Like, what did you do to work on depression? Um, get a chronic illness. (laughs) (laughs) Just so you okay, that's fair. (laughs) No, that made me more depressed. But then, like, I came out the other end, and that helps. Like, when I was going through all this, I was finally like, okay, life is a bit more than this. I've got bigger issues now. Like, I had issues with eating, and then I started steroids, and I was like, okay, I'm fat. Let's just be fat. (laughs) (laughs) Steroids are so unfair. (laughs) Oh, my God, they've, like, ruined my body, but I'm not going to get into that because I don't want to scare people, but, like, ugh, steroids. Everyone doesn't like them, but they keep us alive. It's a lot like the painkillers. I I know that there's people who use them illegally or for other reasons than health reasons, and I don't understand why. I I don't get it. I wish I could understand. Sometimes I'm just like, who passed this? Like, we have all these struggles to pass these drugs that are actually working on the FDA. Not the FDA, but waiting to be approved and whatever for that. Um. And then with these, like, steroids and, I don't know, just, you know, meds, I'm like, who said it was okay to poison people's bodies? I I had one of those where they were testing a new pain med that had actually gone through the FDA, and they gave it to me without it being fully tested. It was only for two weeks. It had only been tested for two weeks before I got it. And it caused suicidal tendencies. They did not tell me it caused suicidal tendencies. You know, antidepressants do too. Like, yes. How ironic is that? I mean, it solves a really temporary problem permanently. Like, yep. Um, it was baffling to me because I, uh, my son will tell you, I, I've pretty much fall at annoyingly cheerful. I, (laughs) that's my personality type. I just kind of fall around cheerleader at happy and, um, to go to like this and it, in a lot of the ways that, um, it affected me for a year. It, it put me into a clinical depression for a year and I only took it for a month and I'm like, wow, how did they not test this right? Like before this went to humans. (laughs) Yeah. And they test all these things on, rats like one that's not very nice we are not rats we are like awesome people and poor rats rats are awesome i'm not very good at science well i was i used to be but like biology i've never studied a rat's body but how are we how do we compare with rats like on how it would affect us a rat can't tell us if it's suicidal (laughs) no well that's that's very fair (laughs) have you ever heard of a show called adam ruins everything 
No. Oh, it's one of my favorite shows that my daughter and I are obsessed. Um, but he did a whole <laughs> episode on this, on um, on lab rats and the medical industry. And it was so... We basically are the rat lab rats. We are. All of us who are desperate and scared and who have rare diseases where there's no treatment, we are lab rats. And I have to say I'm willing to sign up all the time just to see if there's any relief. Me too. <laughs> like, it sucks. Like, but we've got it do it and if it goes badly for us and we die like at least someone else won't <laughs> you know I, my uncle just um, passed away from geoblastoma and it's a brain yeah. cancer that's really fast and it was shocking and unexpected but that was the thing he kept saying was he he signed up for all the trials not because he was going to get better but because he knew it would help the next person and like yeah there's that bravery that I think a lot of us have that it's also altruistic that we don't want other people to to have yeah but then also we just want to get better that too (laughs) like it's kind of selfish at the same time but like who cares I don't think it's selfish I mean we want to be productive members of society I I don't know any of us who are stuck in bed who are like yeah I'd rather be in bed than be out going to school and working I mean I would do almost anything to go back to work (laughs) Yeah, same. Like, I've got all these plans for life, and I'm like, maybe when I get better, and I'm like, but will I get better? Like, they say, oh, let's just wait for your adrenal glands to kick back in, and then we can take you off steroids, and then everything will be okay. And I'm like, but will it? Will the steroid just a trigger for something that's actually there? One of the things I adore the most about you, and I absolutely adore you, is um, how your mind works. You are one of the most creative people, and your business ideas and the things you think of, I mean, they just blow my mind. And I just want someone in the Silicon Valley to go, okay, this is a girl who has awesome ideas, and she's an amazing thinker, and we have the body and the ability to do these things. So we're going to do a task force of, like, here's the idea maker. We will help you make this happen. Like, I want a charity like that where people from Silicon Uh, Valley get together, and they help chronic illness people, like, make things happen. And, like, we can make... Um, disability aids and all things that we actually need, like adapted makeup brushes and like cool things. Please make and adaptive, adaptive makeup brushes. <laughs> I need you to make adaptive makeup brushes. <laughs> like, send me yeah, the design. I will send adapted, it out. Um, an adapted menstrual cup now for disabled people, made by a girl with EDS. Can I adore you? Oh my god! Like. Do you know how many times I've dislocated and, and my male listeners who do not realize that women bleed and we use tampons and pads? I, I'm just going to educate all of you men out there right now. That's what happens. And when you like are putting a tampon in, you can dislocate your wrist really easily or a finger. Or I, I love that you got me to talk about that. That's awesome. I have never um, even like, I didn't even like bring that into my, as I've totally changed, I use pads only because I pop my wrist using tampons. But so that's, that's definitely a big thing that, yeah, that a lot of people don't think that. about. I've got a lot of friends online with EDS, like around my age, like so many, too many. I swear like every Spoonie in the Spoonie community has got EDS, which would make sense because it causes a lot of other illnesses. But like, I've never thought of that, like, how they do, but I know, like, 
even the smallest tasks with EDS, like you dislocate, like <laughs> you bruise on like a toilet seat. <laughs> no, like this this lovely little uh, pop out is from trying to put my bra on this morning. Oh, <laughs> uh, you should just have sports bras. Okay. I love that idea, except my husband has to help me take my sports bras off. I have one really super comfortable one that I love so much. Um, Uniqlo is, like, the best place for bras for spoonies, um, but... Um, I will you send me that link? I will because absolutely I send you that link. Um, it is horrible. I hate them. I feel like they're suffocating me. Oh. Like, I wear pajamas all the time, so who cares? But when I do go out, I'm like, ah. See, unfortunately, I was built like Jessica Rabbit. If I could get away with no bra, I would in a heartbeat. Same. But it's um, to keep the embarrassment level down with the male members of my family. But I, I can't take the sports bras off. That, honestly. <laughs> I wish I was. I, I really, there's so much that I'm trying to get over worrying about what other people think. But when I take sports bras off, I completely dislocate both shoulders. They both come um, out because, like, that motion of up and over. Like, my husband has to help me. You can't put her back in. <laughs> I, it's sometimes. I have to take really high levels of drugs, too. But, like, my care team is basically my children and my husband. Like, they, my daughter brushes my hair or braids it. My husband helps me get undressed at no. night. It's It sounds awful, but it's there's actually something really lovely about having it's a daughter fun, who brushes yeah. your hair. <laughs> like, yeah. And my son it's keeps so me nice laughing. Have someone brush your hair. It is really, like, there is something, inc- I mean, I feel bad because I feel like my kids shouldn't have to do these things, but there's also yeah. the empathy level that they have for others that I don't know if they'd have if they didn't have such a sick mom. I'm like that with my brother. I don't know if you've seen my brother. Like, I did. But he's, like, oh, he's my, like, soulmate. I'm oh. my friend. Like, I love him so much. And he's awesome, like. He's the best kid ever, and it's because he lives with me. Not that I've made him awesome. <laughs> no, I think like, you made him awesome. It's because of his empathy of knowing people have issues. Like, um, when he talks about some of the kids in school who are different or have got like special needs, and like I explained to him, well, they've just got different brains to you. They work differently, and he's like, oh yeah, I know. <laughs> But he's, like, so good, and, like, he'll help me. And sometimes he's annoying, but that's brothers. But, like, he makes me laugh. Like, I couldn't do this without him. He makes me laugh so much. That's so wonderful to have. I mean, like, soulmates doesn't have to be romantic. Like, having that person who's, like, your person is everything. Yes. Like, this morning I was up crying because I couldn't sleep, and I just felt awful because if I don't sleep, I feel worse and worse and worse. Like, I sleep 15 hours a day. It's really bad, but that's life. Um, wait, what's that? Okay. Um, um, and I put on Facebook, I want my brother, I want cousins, but he's asleep. It was like six days. <laughs> and then I was just sat there waiting, like, TikTok, TikTok, <laughs> And then he came, and then I had enough after five minutes. I was like, it's okay. You've given me my, like, Dylan dose. <laughs> I love that. So what is it that you get to – what do you enjoy the most about your day? What what activity uh, do you look forward to? My brother, always. <laughs> I wish my kids felt that way about each other so much. You're breaking my heart. They can barely stand each other. <laughs> uh, 
I'm like super close with my brother and like not close with my sister. Oh, um, but he's older. It's complicated. Um, but like me and my brother, he's like so good, and I always look forward to that. He makes me happy even on the worst of days. Like I put a blog post up a couple of weeks ago about it, like with examples of like days where I'm in agony and need morphine waiting for people to wake up like and then saying like I need my brother and he comes and he just like I'll be sat there crying having a panic attack or whatever and I stop when he comes in the room because I'm polite (laughs) Um, but even then like he doesn't know but he cheers me up so so much but I also look forward to my podcasts. I'm really into true crime ones, especially on missing people. There's like a missing persons epidemic going on, like disappeared people. Where are they all going? The world isn't that big. That's like an issue. <laughs> um, but I also really like um, comedy ones and... Um, just random ones. Like, they've got podcasts on everything, and it's so good. I love... There are so many that I'm addicted to that are, have nothing to do with being sick, like myths and legends and um, stuff you missed in history class. I am so hooked on those. I haven't listened to those. I like... Um, I don't know. I go through phases. I... Like the ones when they interview comedians, I like Joe Rogan's ones sometimes because he brings up interest in things, but he's also super annoying. Um, there's one I found called the Deal with It podcast, and the host. There's two of them. One has got um, major depressive disorder and addiction. And then the other one has got Marfan syndrome, which is connective tissue disorder. You should interview her. She's really cool. She's funny. If you know her, send her my way. (laughs) Um, I'd have to get you her name. That'd be awesome. Um, but that one's good because, like on you, like they make chronic illness funny, and they just have open conversations about it because it's normal. Like, I'm against people hiding it. I understand they do because it can set limits on them that they don't want because people are ableist. But, like, I, if we don't tell them our true experiences, how can we expect them to know? And how can we expect them to change? That's beyond true. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like it's all between us. Like you think, all these people are just sharing their stories for attention. Maybe so, they deserve attention. Chronic illness, um, but it's also normal. Bodies malfunction, plants malfunction. It's just bodies. Like, why are we not talking about this? It's, Oh, I remember another podcast. Yes. It's actually chronic illness related, um, and it's called The Sick Boy Podcast. Oh, I love them. Really funny. They are so good. 
They are hilarious. I I love them. And I, I agree with you completely that sharing our stories, um, first off, it's a safety issue. If we are more visible, there's like, I live in the United States, and I don't know how it is over where you are, but they're trying to remove our pain medication. There is legislation after legislation happening to jail doctors for prescribing opioid medication, which for some of us is the only way to exist. (laughs) Um, So if we have our stories out and we're visible, it makes it harder to, for people who aren't like us to go, Oh, they're like this. They're drug seeking. If they know our stories, they know we're not drug seeking. (laughs) Yeah. I learned about that from on you with the opioid, um, episode and like when you've mentioned it and other things like there's no distinction they are just saying opioids but maybe people are using it because it actually works you know I, I've changed so much in the last five years about my understanding of drugs and drug addiction and I feel so sorry for my ignorance before and any awful things I might have said before without truly understanding what addiction was like but I'm starting to understand that people are hurting and they're sad and they're scared. And sometimes they figured out the one thing that helps them function. And sometimes that thing that helps them function isn't great for them in the long run. And that deserves compassion and care. And it's a medical issue for all of us who are dealing with chronic pain. And this is the only way to survive. It's just baffling to me. It's almost like there's like, um, you saw the picture of the United States where there was a group of like old white men in a room and they were deciding women's health <laughs> and that was yeah. all old white men in one room making this decision and it feels the same that they're doing with chronic pain if they are not talking to chronic pain doctors they are not talking to chronic pain patients or anything no and i'm so angry is it like that over there do you guys have the same like a freak out going uh, on not so big probably because we are smaller Like, you could fit in the UK and America, like, ten times. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. I think at this point you guys could take us back, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You need it. (laughs) We really do. I mean, this is almost... Someone said that it was like the United States is a teenager, and it's it's like the parents need to step back in again. Like, we thought we could handle it on our own, but apparently not so much. (laughs) Um, It's not so big like they are more they just don't hand it out like it's candy they just give it to people who need it and maybe people get addicted like okay but we've also got the NHS so they've got access to programs that can help them the NHS is free healthcare and it covers everything apart from things that are like private and special but like if you need an MRI it'll cover it see you're gonna make me cry right now because I have a two thousand dollar bill sitting on my table because I took my son in for a neurology exam and that's with health insurance everyone so anyone who thinks that this is like I don't have health insurance I actually have really good health insurance through my husband but that's that's what we deal with here we want to get our kids checked up we have to pay like two grand even with insurance so yeah. the um, idea of a healthcare system that even if you do have to pay some amount for like special care, uh, that's just baffling to some. Because a lot of us go um, bankrupt here in the United States because of our medical bills. Yes. I've got friends who are like poor; they're in poverty. 
because mm-hmm. the cost of the health care is so bad. And then they can't get a job because they are so sick and they can't afford medicine to make them better so that they can be a functional human. Yeah, and then there's a lot of us... It's all just a vicious cycle. It is, and then the people who are on opioids that allow them to actually work, which is how I was able to work for three years longer than I should have, was because I was able to take my, my opioid medication, and once that gets taken away, they have no job or health insurance. Yeah, same. I'm um on morphine because my pain is, like, that bad. Um, without my morphine, I wouldn't be here. And it's not a dependency thing. Yeah. It's, like, my lifeline, but not in an addiction way. Maybe I'm addicted to life, and that's <laughs> why I take it. That is a good way to phrase it. I'm addicted to being able to sit up and talk to people for an hour during the day. Yeah, that's I exactly. need the ability to, like, talk to my kids. Or, or having a shower. I would love to explain, like, people who think that they understand chronic fatigue, unless you need a a nap after the shower, you don't understand being tired, like, or getting exhausted in the middle of a shower and still having to try to, like, rinse off and you're barely sitting up. My parents have washed me in the shower, right? And I'm still needing morphine and exhausted after. Like, I don't get that. How does that work? (laughs) It's completely unfair. Like, look at my hair. I think it's adorable. No, I love it. I had, (laughs) so this braid here, I just redid it, but I had it for four days because I couldn't shower and I couldn't do anything else. And when I tried to, like, undo it, I'm like, I turned into Bob Marley. Like, it took me almost three hours to, like, undo the braid. It was so matted. (laughs) I told you I was blind because then I wouldn't have known. (laughs) <laughs> Would you just like your hair was curled to me? Oh, good. I see. I like this. I, I will talk to you anytime. <laughs> that would be fantastic. My friend's husband is going blind, and she said, "You know, the great thing is I'll never have to worry about Botox." <laughs> True. I was like, "Well, I would like to think you wouldn't have to worry about it either." Yeah, but I do I get the point there. I can tell if somebody's like old, old, like a granny, but like, um. With, like, my parents, they've probably got wrinkles. They're, like, 40-something. But, like, I can't tell. Oh, the 40-something. Okay, sorry, I'm back on track. (laughs) It wounds a little bit, just a little. (laughs) So, for you, what would make your life easier? How, How could the world adapt that would make it easier for you to go to school or to be social or I saw that you went out last year and you got to see the the world just a little bit last year what what would make things like that more possible for you energy it's all about energy I just haven't got energy if I had energy I could live with the pain I could do life with the pain but I haven't got the energy to actually put on a brave face and go out in the world like, if I do, I just feel weak and not the best version of myself, and it's pointless. And, like, I went out on the weekend. This will take me a week to recover from going out on the weekend. All I did was go to a set wedding ceremony for an hour. And only an hour, because I can't do the rest of the party and all that. I would rather go to the party. <laughs> Everyone would rather go to the party. The bride and groom or bride and bride or groom and groom would rather go to the party. <laughs> like, yeah, true. <laughs> the, the wedding part isn't... My wedding took uh, 10 minutes. 
<laughs> it's like quick, just make it fast. <laughs> Was that of choice? Yes. No, my husband and I are very, uh, I was a wedding photographer for a long time and I was a photographer uh, and no one I know who is in the wedding industry does big weddings. All of us like elope or <laughs> we get married really fast. I've had enough of like the big deal. It's so expensive. So like my wedding was $3,000 and it included my oh, yeah, parents. Oh yeah, you real prices. <laughs> I, well, I, I only had 10 people at my wedding. It was, it was in someone's backyard. It was perfect. It was the last time my dad was walking. So he walked me down the aisle with my son and that's a, yeah, it it really is. I miss, I I love those pictures of my dad walking. Um, he's in the, he's bed bound now. Yeah. Yeah. Has he got PTS too? No, I am the lucky one. (laughs) No, it's so, my poor mother, it's random. He was one of the few people, and by the way, I'm totally pro-vaccine. I am as pro-vaccine as it gets, but my dad was one of the people who got the the bad batch of flu vaccines. And yeah. um, sorry, I listeners, my cool. dog is barking, um, but my dad was one of the few who got the Guillain-Barre. And from Guillain-Barre, he now has a CIDP. So he's mostly in bed. So my poor mom got two disabled people in her family. She, she runs back and forth. You're good. Yes, all the mylar comes off of the nerves. All the sheath comes off the nerves. So it's just constant nerve agony. And You know, the funny thing is, and I don't know if you have people in your life who are sick, but he really paved the way for it because he is so happy. He loves... He loves life. He loves that he has all his time to read now. <laughs> he writes his book. He's um, the happiest person I know. <laughs> and he doesn't have to deal with politics. He always used to be so, he was the one who taught me how to be an angry political person. And now he's like, I don't know anymore. I don't care. <laughs> so he's much yeah. happier not having to um, to know all of the, <laughs> the awful. You're enough, honestly, like sometimes ignorance is bliss like when you can hide from the world it's kind of like okay like this is completely different but we've been having like a major heat wave like a uk heat wave not like a texas heat wave so what is the uk heat wave like so like 30 degrees oh that's celsius right not fahrenheit yeah Okay, I am not good at math. I have no idea what no. that would be in my my U.S. audience. But all the rest of you, congratulations. You know what she says. It's like 80 Fahrenheit or something. And that's hot for you guys? Yeah. I need to move there immediately. Yeah, you do. My friend um, with EGS is in Texas, and, like, she's dying. I'm like, you just need to move states. That like poor baby. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> so, God. We got up to, last year it got, and I live in, like, closer to water, so I am not as horrible as everyone who's inland in California, but we got, like, up to 112 last year, and I was like, I can't, I cannot, we need to move yeah, immediately. Yeah, that's why it's like this, like, 100 and, like, something, too hot, but here it's been, like, 30 degrees for, like, um, two months, and it's just, like, awful and only this week the kids have all finished for um summer break and it's really hot i don't know hang on it's brain fog 
No, it's it's totally fair. I, heat does not help brain fogs. I, I, I told my husband, like, I love you so much, and I would never divorce you, but eventually I will move. And you're, you're going to have to either move with me yeah. or I, I can't. That, like, I wanted to live in the U.K. more than anything my whole life. <laughs> and oh, poor I keep trying to make it. Well, okay, so you guys have this amazing, like, all these countries that I'm desperate to see. And because I live all the way on the other side of the globe, I can only go there hard. for well, I can yeah. only go for a few days. Like I can only be there for six or seven days, so I can't see all the countries and cities I want to see. But if I live oh, there, yeah. you guys just are like, "Hey, Germany sounds great for a weekend. I'll go." <laughs> like, that sounds yeah, so it's amazing. Only like an hour flight. You're gonna make me cry. Like there's so much I want to see all over the world, and I'm like, I can barely get to the next city here. <laughs> I relate. That you have the highest number of EDS patients over there. So, like, there's more doctors who understand. Yeah, it's the uh, uh, Scottish and English are like. The EDS patients I know are from America. We just started getting diagnosed over here. I am in my 40s, and I didn't get diagnosed until I was in my 30s. Like, it took them forever to figure out what was wrong. I've been symptomatic since I was eight. And they did not figure it out till then. (laughs) It's good now, though, because I'm seeing so many. I know it's not good that they've got real life people know that I don't need to say that. But, like, they are, like, most of them are around 17 when things really hit. And then, like, it's, like, two years of, like, everything going downhill and spiraling. Um, and then they start getting the help they need. But, like, and things, like, stable out, maybe. Um, but, like, they are all, like, teenagers and getting diagnosed. And although there's no treatments for EDS, it's good to know, like, the risk factors and all that. And it's good that they can know what to expect. That's very true. So for you, is there any, like, technological advance? Like, I am desperate for the self-driving car. Is there any, like, technological advancement on the horizon? You're like, when? Well, you wouldn't want me on the road. <laughs> no, maybe not you. <laughs> um, other people, maybe. Um, stem cell therapy, maybe? Ooh. Um, I find that really interesting. And there's a lot going on in that area because it's like cool and people care because um, that's how this works <laughs> um so not really but like stem cell therapy is being tested on ms and nmo patients and all that and so when, I don't know, I haven't read this study, but I've heard good-ish things. I haven't heard many bad stories. Um, but besides that, no, really, just more research. We need more research. That's like, true. All these conditions like cancer and Alzheimer's and asthma, they all get so much money, and I know it's because they're more common. But then it just leaves us, like, the, what they call them, the orphan diseases. Yeah. Like, we are just like, uh, okay, never mind. <laughs> um, but, like, they are 
the more research there is, the more options that become available. And when I'm having one of my days where I just feel like giving up and really um, hopeless, and like because of my depression, I experience a lot of suicidal thoughts. Like I'm like every day, I'm like gonna end it all, and then I'm like Dylan. <laughs> is that how you get through those suicidal thoughts? Um, yeah, but I don't tell him. I just see him, and he's awesome. Wait, he's coming. Shh. <laughs> so, um, but when I am feeling hopeless, the thing that gives me hope is that science is progressing so much that even if we're at the last, like, option right now, like, I felt like that with my pain meant I was going to give up if they didn't give me pain relief because I couldn't live in that much pain. But the more options that become available, thanks to research, then there's more hope because we can try those and they might work and they'll be better than the last time. And that always helps me to just know that, like, I always say this, like, on my posts to my friends and all that, like, there's better days ahead. Like, this could be your better day compared to, like, your worst of day. And that helps me so much. That is amazing. How do you, um, so we're actually getting, <laughs> is that your brother? Oh, hi, we've heard a lot of awesome things about you. <laughs> I'm having an interview for the podcast, so i see you in a bit, okay? I'll call you when I'm done. Can you shut the door? Good boy. He seems <laughs> awesome. <laughs> no, I, I totally understand. I have kids and dogs running in and out behind me most of the time. They've been very good this morning. <laughs> so we're getting close to an hour, and I didn't want to miss asking you about your patient advocacy. Oh, yeah, that's a big thing. One sec. I'm... Not a problem. I'm just so curious because, like, to have to be an advocate requires so much energy, and I'm just I'm so curious. What what are, what is this like for you? What are you well, doing? It's actually not that hard for me because all I'm doing is being me. <laughs> like, I'm not actually trying to be inspirational. I'm just being me, and people don't see this often, so they're like, "Whoa, you were cool." So what um, what is patient advocacy? What do you what is it that you do? So I share my journey on my social media. We've had a Facebook set up for me since I was like seven where my mother would blog for me and like say what's going on and update people in the animal community. And then I took that over when I was like eleven and did it myself and then I just share my experiences but then I also set up an organization called Young People Chronic Illnesses on Instagram where I share of young people's journeys um, to just like update. So 
with you being a young person with chronic illness and being so um, involved with other young people with chronic illnesses, what can parents who have a chronically ill child be doing better? Um, let me think. <laughs> no worries. I should have like sent you that question. I just thought of it right now. I, I'm very lucky that my kids are, are doing good, but I do know a lot of other moms who have kids with, with chronic illness and it's very hard to parent anyway, but I imagine you have like a whole different perspective on not just a teenager, but someone who's, who's actually doing some big things. Need to listen. They need to understand that they are not in their child's body. Their child knows their body better than them. They can feel the feelings, and if your child is telling you there's something wrong, then you take them to get help, because otherwise they are just going to be a pain in the butt, annoying you by morning, and all that. And if you get them help, then it's much easier for everybody. That is fair. <laughs> if you are acting like it's not a big deal or saying you cannot have a wheelchair, you can still walk. Like, you know, ableism is just ingrained into society and it's really bad. Um, but they just need to listen and understand, like, you were a child, although they're a child, they are still like growing up. Like people underestimate children and what they are doing and who they are and their beliefs. Like our brains are better than adults, even. <laughs> I, I think all adults will actually agree. You guys have a much better capacity for thinking right now. <laughs> um. So yeah. And my parents, I'm really lucky because ever since I was little, obviously getting ill at four is different to getting ill as a teenager because your parents have to listen when you were so little. But my parents are really good and very understanding. I'm quite mature for my age and I always have been. So when we go to appointments and stuff, they just let me get on with it. They are just there to take me off, basically, and, like, be my chauffeur. <laughs> my, I'm in my 40s, and my mother is still my chauffeur. <laughs> That's good. Oh, I feel so bad for her. <laughs> oh, it's a luxury. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, not for her. She, she would much rather be building something. <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything in particular that your parents did or said that made things easier for you? Um, they just got on with it. They didn't, like, push me away or in any way. They just got on with it. If I needed help, we got on with it. If I need them to brush my hair, we get on with it. Like, it's not a big deal because what are they supposed to do? Just leave me this smelling when I can't shower? Like, what am I supposed to do? I can't say no to them washing me. Well, I can because, you know, that's what people do and people have to listen. Um, <coughs> consent. <laughs> um, but, like, they just get on with it and that's so helpful like because otherwise it just makes everybody's life harder 
That's for sure. Um, we're almost at the end of an hour. I can't believe it. But is there anything else that you were wanting to plug or talk about? Um, and I'll I'll put yes. in the links every um, all of your social media so people can follow you. Yeah. Do you want me to send you the links for them or if you've got them? I always love it when people send me links and I don't have to look them up. <laughs> I'll send you a link to my social media. That would be and wonderful. And also the yoga page because that's like my passion. And on Young People Chronic Illnesses, we share multiple people's journeys raise awareness of all kinds of things like we'll do awareness months and all that if we have got spoons um and we also have projects where we share other people's stories like we've got one called spoonie spotlight where people can message us and we give them the details and then they can share their story like you could share your story that would be good I will um, try. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if you're not young. Like, people don't need to be young for that particular project. That, um, I'm glad I, that my old self can be included. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Diversity. <laughs> well, I can't thank you enough for taking this time. I am so grateful that, that you were able to sit up and chat with me. And thank you. You're amazing. Yeah, you are really a rock star. Finally be doing this. Like, I, I love doing like talking about all this stuff it doesn't depress me it excites me for some reason because it's just my life you know it is and thank you for sharing it with us thank you so much for tuning in this week it means so much to Kiros and I we are still a baby podcast we're only six months old and if you would like to be really really nice to us you can share this episode with a friend or someone you wish understood chronic illness or invisible disorders better And you can also go to iTunes, leave an embarrassingly nice review, and of course, press that subscribe button. Tune in for a new episode next Monday a.m. And until next time, be kind, be gentle, and be a badass.